What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 76 of Garcia Sports Garage podcast. We're talking the Lakers, hashtag not my king. We're going to talk about the demise of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk preview the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. And if I were to create a music festival, who, which bands would be there and where would it be? take place. So welcome. Thank you very much for listening. Garcia Sports Garage Podcast, episode 76. Available. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, 15 minutes. Let's jump right into it. So the Dallas Cowboys lost to the 49ers this past weekend in the wildcard round 23-17. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, he's got to go. He has to go. A couple of weeks ago, Jerry Jones, the entire coaching staff, the players, they said Super Bowl or bust. Well, they busted, and they don't even have any chips left to go on tilt with. They are done, they are out, and Mike McCarthy, he just has to go. Since he's been hired, the first year they finished third in the NFC East, which is, by the way, the worst division in football. And now, they're one and done. This week, McCarthy said, I know how to win when asked if he felt his job was in jeopardy. You know how to win? Where's the proof? You can't get past the 49ers. You finished in third place in the worst division in your first year as head coach in Dallas. You won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, arguably top 10 quarterback of all time. And you have the audacity to tell reporters you know how to win? How's that even possible? How's that even make sense? All season. And this is true. How many Mondays were people talking about Mike McCarthy's lack of execution on his boneheaded decision making, on his lack of effort, on his lack of excitement or lack of just attitude on the sideline? Almost every single Monday, there was an issue. Something was going on. There was ridicule. There was um, issues with the way he was coaching. So this isn't anything new. Super Bowl or bust. Wiped clean. Off the table, can't even go on tilt. Let's talk about Dak Prescott for a second. Now, I have been a big proponent of Dak Prescott. I think he seems like a good guy. The players rally around him. He seems like a good leader. Let's get to the bottom of this. Dak Prescott, he played like a hot chimichanga from a 7-Eleven. He played awful. That's the bottom line. It wasn't the referee's fault. It wasn't Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator's fault. Dak Prescott played poorly. He didn't play well enough to win the game. That's what it comes down to. On that last play, the quarterback scramble, the quarterback draw, you got to get down sooner. You know how much time you have. 16 seconds, I think, is the average play for a, for a run like that. You know you got to get down sooner. Don't blame Kellen Moore. Don't blame the referees. Don't blame Mike McCarthy. That's on you. Sure, you could argue, why are you calling that play when you have been successful the last three passes to the sideline sure you could argue Mike McCarthy could have ex-nade Kellen's call but at the end of the day Dak is a franchise quarterback he's getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to not make boneheaded decisions like that and then of course he made that comment about fans doing stuff at the refs kind of sided with them then backtracked it I don't care about any of that at the end of the day Dak Prescott was trying to blame someone else for his mistakes and that's unlike Dak Prescott and it's unfortunate So the Dallas Cowboys, they're out. Mike McCarthy should be gone. And for some reason, he's still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Going to jump right into the Arizona Cardinals just really, really quick. People were so high on the Cardinals. It was just a mirage, folks. It was just that Arizona Heat producing a mirage, making you think the Cardinals were an elite team. Kyler Murray, the moment was too big for him. He looked like a little kid running around. The memes on the internet were incredible. Sure, the Rams front defensive line, they're incredible. Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the NFL, but still, Kyler was not in it. He was not there mentally and physically. He just could not perform. Lastly, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach. If you know his record, this was inevitable. Listen to this stat. In his career since 2013 as a head coach at Texas Tech and Arizona, his record through the first seven games of each season, 42-20-1. That's pretty good, right? What's his record the remaining season, remaining games of the season? 16-43. and 43. He goes up, he goes down. Peaks and valleys. The life of a salesperson. Up, down, roller coaster. So this was inevitable. Cliff Kingsbury was outcoached. Not really surprising. You know, it's been a while since I've talked about hashtag not my king. It's been a while since I've had a bash of bronze segment. It's been quite a long time since I've talked about the Los Angeles Lakers. And they are awful. And do 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 I'm loving it. I am loving that the Lakers are playing so poorly. And they look like garbage. And I love it. The last 20 games, the Lakers are 9-11. and That includes a five-game losing streak and a three-game losing streak. Everyone is to blame. Every single person from the front office down to the towel boy. This franchise is a disgrace to the greats. We're coming up on the anniversary of the one and only Kobe Bryant's passing. And the Lakers are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Three reasons. Old dudes, thanks to LeBron. I've said this before. LeBron just thought he could get his buddies. It's just like a bunch of dudes getting them from the Y. Let's play. Come on. It's the NBA. Let's all get together. You're 37. Come on. Dwight Howard. Come on. You're almost 50. Head on over. Oh, Rashawn Rashawn Rondo. He's been traded, but come on. Come hang out with us. Carmelo Anthony, my buddy since high school. Come on. You're only 60. Come play with me. That was never going to work. And I said that, and all of these all of these sports analysts thinking that the Lakers were going to be this high-powered team were clueless. You got old guys, guys who have been around the league forever, all because LeBron wanted to have his buddies on the team. And where are they now? One of the worst teams again in the Western Conference and in the NBA. Number two, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Anthony Davis is not the guy. He's not the dude I thought he was. He's always injured. He doesn't have that killer mentality. He's kind of flaky, soft. He doesn't work out. He is not what the Lakers thought. He wants to shoot from outside. He can't shoot from outside. He doesn't want to play down low. Dude, you're eight feet tall. Play down low. You'll get all your points in the paint. So Anthony Davis has been a failure. Russell Westbrook, the stat monster, he's got no rings. He's got no rings, and yet he's being applauded for all of these records he's breaking, all these triple doubles. No one's going to remember that. Russell Westbrook, UCLA dude, great basketball player, 
not a winner, not a leader, and definitely not fitting in the Lakers rotation. Too many egos, too many alpha males. This was never going to work. Frank Vogel should be fired. And LeBron James tweets out, he's sorry to Lakers Nation. He promises it'll get better. BS. Don't give Lakers Nation false promises. Just don't do it. LeBron, when asked about Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook, he, get, he said he doesn't like to get into people's business. He doesn't point fingers. It's none of his business. Sure. You're the one pulling the strings of this Lakers puppeteering act. This is your fault. God, Lakers. Hashtag not my king. Ridiculous. Okay. We got the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this weekend. The most enticing matchup to me, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills routed New England and the Chiefs handled the Dinosaur Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game is at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites at home. Basically, Vegas is saying this is 50-50. This is a toss-up. This is a jump ball. I'm going with the Bills. Yes? I know the Chiefs were my preseason prediction to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. My prediction's there. That's not going to change. Just based on what I saw last week, though, I think Josh Allen outperforms Patrick Mahomes. But let's break it down. I mean, they're pretty evenly matched. Tight end for the Buffalo Bills, Knox. For the Chiefs, Kelsey. Kelsey's better, but Knox has had a great last five, six games. Kicker, Harrison Bunker, one of the best kickers in the AFC. But then the Bills got Tyler Bass. He can make 50-plus yard field goals as well. Running back, Singletary for the Bills. Elaire for the Chiefs, pretty even. Wide receiving core, Tyreek Hill, Cheetah. Sure, he's fast. Hardman. Yeah. Pringle. Yeah, great. On the Bills side, Stephon Diggs. Probably better than all those guys combined. Emmanuel Sanders. Cole Beasley. Offensive line, both sides. Pretty good. Here's where I give the edge to the Bills. The defense. Sure, the Chiefs defense has stepped up the past month and a half. But I think the Bills defense are on another level. They want to kill. They're going to go out there and attack Patrick Holmes. Can Patrick Mahomes escape? Get out of the pocket, do what he does, and run for 20, 30 yards when the field's wide open? I think the Bills will have a plan. Andy Reid, Sean McDermott, head coaches. Andy Reid, historically the better coach. Super Bowl, has more postseason wins. Sean McDermott, younger, not as much experience, but he's a defensive guy. Colin Coward said this week, the NFL is changing. It's all about offense. Offense wins games, not defense anymore. I beg to differ. Sure. If you you throw over 500 yards and scores five touchdowns, you're probably going to win. But if that secondary can keep the Chiefs receivers and Kelsey in check, if that front four or five for the Bills on the defensive side can get pressure on Mahomes, and you have those linebackers there waiting for Patrick, to bail out and try and run, I'd give the edge to the Bills. It's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be very, very close. I just think the way the Bills are coming off that high, destroying Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, the cold is not going to affect them because they were already playing in basically negative degree weather. 
Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I am predicting, will beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead and move on to the AFC Championship game. Before I get into my last segment, I want to thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm 15 minutes. Your time is valuable. I want to give you the best content and not spread it out over an hour, hour and a half. So 15-minute podcast. I appreciate you. Follow me on Instagram, GSG Podcast. That's where all of my activity, that's where all of my content is really promoted. You can listen again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. All right. If you don't know me, I am a huge emo punk rock music fan. If you look behind here, I got albums signed. I got band shirts from every decade. That's just who I am at the core. I bleed black. And this week, an amazing tour was announced in Las Vegas, the When We Were Young tour. Listen to some of these bands. My Chemical Romance, Paramore, AFI, The Used, Alkaline Trio, Atreyu, Hawthorne Heights, The Ready Set, The Main, A Day to Remember, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, I Prevail, Pierce the Veil, Black Veil Brides, Seosin, Paris, 303, the list goes on and on and on. And this, for kids who grew up going to Warp Tour, mind blown. This is going to be the greatest festival in the last five years. People have been locked down for two and a half years. They want to get out. They want to see their favorite bands. This is going to be insane. So I thought, if I had an opportunity to create a festival, what would I do? I would call it the Where Emo and Punk Never Die Festival. It would be held in San Diego at the Del Mar Racetrack. I would have tacos from Ramiro's in Pacific Beach and In-N-Out be the food of choice. And my 10 artists, I would have Blink-192, Sans, Matt Skiba. Give me the original trio. Give me Mark, Tom, and Travis. I'd have Dashboard Confessional, the king of emo, Carrie Underwood, because she's perfect, all-time low, Ariana Grande, because her voice is immaculate, Avril Lavigne, because every boy had a crush on her when they were in high school. Boys Like Girls. Eminem, because he's the rap god and one of the greatest ever. Paramore, because how do you not love Haley Williams? And then lastly, Anthony Green leading Seosin. That would be my festival. That would be the Where Emo and Punk Never Die festival. And that's it. Episode 76. Garcia Sports Garage Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget, Instagram, GSG Podcast. Follow, share, like, double tap those photos and those reels. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.